0: This is our last week of Mad Men, and this has been a series about relationships and how to make relationships not so crazy. And today, I want to talk about choosing your friends wisely. Has anybody not chosen friends wisely? Oh, gosh, yeah, see? I think it would be everybody in some ways, right? You have a friend, and they turn out to be not maybe who you thought they were or that they were hurtful or destructive in some way, and so I think... Most people don't think about this very much, do they? Did you ever think, I really need to evaluate how I choose my friends? We're gonna talk about why that's a big deal, that we do want to be deliberate in having, and who we pick to be in our inner circle, and what are we basing those things on, why it's a big deal, and how to choose friends more wisely. So in Proverbs uh, 13, in verse 20, Gives you two options when you choose wisely, don't choose wisely. It says, He who walks with wise men will be what? Wise. Wise men, you turn out wise. That's one option. But the companion of fools will be what? Destroyed. Okay, that's quite a contrast here. So, part of in choosing friendships. Is looking at what who do you want to be we are influenced by the people around us if we seek wisdom and take a I mean just think about what that would mean to you as far as what it would be to be wise and to have understanding to make sound decisions um, etc versus fools people that make stupid choices in their life if that's where we're keeping the the majority of our company the Bible says it causes destruction If we're letting people into the inner sanctuary of our heart that are making out of control decisions for their life, where their life is a mess and not fruitful, it will hurt us. It's a formula. There are reasons why this happens. As far as, you know, there was a time in my life where I did have my inner friendships weren't the greatest. They were people that encouraged me to do things that were hurtful. And people that were hurtful to me. Um, You know, it's interesting because, you know, it's, we had talked about last week, if you're not proactive on your growth, the default is sin. You know, I mean, sin just meaning stuff that hurts you. I mean, sometimes we think of sin, bad person, you know. It's like, I don't think that the Bible really relates to it that way, but it's where, If we don't do something proactively, our drift is is not building us up. Our drift is tearing us down. Do you know what I'm saying? Our drift is moving away from God if we're not proactive. Our drift is feeling more fearful. Our drift is being more insecure about ourselves. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're not proactive, you think about the things that tear you down and hurt your life and hurt you from moving forward Inactivity and not being proactive—do you see why that works that way? So that the people around you, if they are the core people, and it can be hurtful. It's unsafe people. I think of fools. You know, it's fools is is you know unsafe people. Let's look at First Corinthians 15 and verse 33. I love this. It says, "Do not be deceived." Evil company corrupts good habits. It's so interesting because it says you're deceived if you don't think it's going to affect you. So I want to take a look at why would we keep company. There's reasons, too, that we are drawn to hurtful, destructive people in our lives. And I want you to think about that because, you know, character should be our number one when choosing the people that we're surrounded by. And we're going to look at all the characteristics of who we want as friends. But sometimes we pick friends. You ever pick people around you because you th- you're just drawn to people that you think need rescuing? You know, you need, are you one of those people? Oh, we don't get any of those. I got no reaction there. Nobody here is a fixer, a rescuer. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You guys are awesome that you're raising your hands. You didn't really need to do that. But I was just like, I was just looking at people going, I didn't see, you know how you go, oh, I can relate to that. (laughs) There's a few other reasons that we are drawn to people sometimes that are hurtful. Sometimes it's because we don't see our own value. Have you ever done that? You know, I had a friend of mine that was like my best friend who would just tell me, she would just put me down all the time. And it's bizarre now, looking back to that, that this is my very best friend, and she was constantly comparing herself to me, but in a way that she was superior and I was inferior. Constantly, like, little digs, little, like, she goes, oh, I mean, we were single at the time, so she's like, yeah, you know, I'm glad I don't have problems with men like you do, like, that nobody's really, you know. And they're just all about me. And I was just, I mean, for some reason I thought, I just was like, "Oh, she's the greatest friend ever." It's bizarre (laughs) that this is like that somehow. But if you don't value yourself and don't see your worth, you want friends that help you. This is—we're going to go through a list of things you want to look for in friendships. But one of the things is you want people in your life that help you to see why you're valuable, that help you to see what's awesome and wonderful about you. Sometimes, though, what happens is because of past hurt that our picker is broken. We talk about this in the dating workshop because definitely that, it's really obvious when your picker is the pe- how you pick your friends. In case you re- I guess I said that and so it's like, what the heck is my picker? So, um, but the way you choose and the basis for it is broken. It's one of the reasons why you want character to be the big thing, that we're not choosing out of fears, out of insecurity, out of desperation. Um, We want to look at things like, for instance, if somebody is lying to other people, you have to realize they will lie to you. You know, there was a time that I used to think, like, I'd see people lying to others and think, but they care about me. They wouldn't lie to me. You ever think that? You know, you just go, oh, it's just, you just kind of give people a free pass. If somebody's gossiping and talking behind another person's back, that should tell you what? They're going to talk behind your back. You know, we tend to think, like, if somebody cares about me, they won't do these hurtful behaviors. But if people are being unsafe and untrustworthy to other people, they're going to relate to you that way eventually. And so we want to elevate more than anything in relationships is character. Character should come first. Integrity, trustworthiness, etc. I mean, I know friendships, too, are about just having fun, and there's an attraction part, and that's important. But you don't want to put, like, attraction even with friendships. You know, people that are fun or funny or whatever you like, you know, like the same hobbies as you or whatever that might be. But we don't want to elevate those characteristics above character as far as the people that are closest to us. Now, this I'm talking right now about core relationships because we're not supposed to be just all hanging out with church people and those are the only people we hang around with because we have to be able to, Jesus talks about the fact that we have a great commission to go out into the world and help people to know Jesus. That He's called us, Jesus called every single one of us to be a part of helping others to get to know him. So we have to have relationships with people that are unsafe. But I'm saying there's a difference between your core relationships that feed you, that are that maybe you would confide in, or that people that you would have be there for you, you need to get filled up by safe people in your life so that you have something to give. It should constantly be a two-way street where you're getting awesome people that help you to grow, that help you to be the person that you want to be, that you're getting fed and they're putting stuff into you so that you can reach out and reach people that are hurting and unsafe. We want to be loving to the unsafe people. It's not like we want to just go, bye bye We to help Gosh, I was super unsafe at a certain point in my life. Somebody that's an unsafe person is somebody that needs help and that needs healing. We love puppies. This is a church loves dogs. It, we love, bring your dogs. We like that. Cats I don't know about, but sorry. <laughs> Just <laughs> My nephew loves cats, though. <laughs> Psalm 119 in verse 63. It says, I am a companion of all who fear you, of people that have reverence for God. It says, and those who keep your precepts, which is the word of God. So as a priority. We want to have the closest relationships in our life, people that honor God and walk God's word, people that are doing the word are gonna, you know, where they're living it out. And I'm not saying religious. I'm saying spiritual people. It's a big difference. There are religious people that are jerks and are more hurtful than anybody. You can quote the Bible cover to cover, but if you're not living it in a way that's full of grace and love and mercy... Those kind of people can be very hurtful. There's a big difference between religious and spiritual people. Spiritual should be somebody that is living a life that they have been healed and set free. They understand what they've been forgiven for so that they can have grace and love and compassion for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we want to keep, we want the closest core relationships being people that trust God. Why? Because I'm telling you, if you or in a place that you are seeking God and seeking growth, you're getting filled up by God, you're going to be a safe person. We want to have the com- our companions, those closest to us that are doing that, that are working on their growth, that are trusting God, not in themselves. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with un- uh, sorry." Righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. Sometimes I think in King James, so um so it's unequally yoked. Now, what this means is yoking, it's kind of it where when it's um it's referring to the this big metal thing that would go around oxen, around their neck, and would link them together. So that when they were pulling things, pulling plows, etc., one ox would be yoked together with another ox to pull. So yoked is not just hanging out with people. This is not about not caring, not being in relationship with people that don't believe. That is there's way too many other verses of scripture that say differently and when you're looking at God's word, you can't take one verse out and make a whole doctrine out of it. A lot of times I hear people like read this verse and they're like, oh, they get all upset and they act like they, like they go on a mountain someplace, a little commune and away from the world and got to only be around church people. That's not this. Yoke together is where you're linked in a committed relationship. These are relationships that are the deepest ones that impact your life and that are feeding you. So you don't want to have that deep, that kind of a relationship that's feeding you with somebody that doesn't know God. Because you want people that can help feed you in your walk with God and help you to know God. And so fellowship is another word. The word fellowship, and one of the reasons our church is called Searchlight Fellowship, um, fellowship is a big deal in the Bible. The word actually means to share fully. It's having relationships that are deep and meaningful that you can share the whole thing. You can share all parts of your life. You can share the hurts. You can share the struggles. You can share the joy. You can share the tears. You can be your real self and be loved and accepted without fear. You don't. it's, it's again, not a religious thing of trying to be a goody-goody and put on the mask. I mean, I know what that's like. I mean, I've been in situations. I was part of a church where that was the norm. You couldn't have any problems. You had to act like you had it all together. People would criticize you and judge you and shame you. Fellowship should be that it is a safe place where you share fully together. So it says, so what fellowship? We want to have full sharing in our lives, it says, has righteousness with lawlessness. You can't share fully. What communion? The word communion is also similar to the word fellowship, full sharing, has light with darkness. You know, there's if for those of you that are in the fellowship series, Demystifying the Bible, or if you're doing the Awesome Seekers Retreat we have coming up in May, a little commercial, um, there's a way of looking into God's Word to understand things called a word study. A word study is where you look up a place that a word has been used every place in the Bible. For all of you guys that are in that series and you know how to do that and how to look at a concordance or uh... it's fun to look up the word one another the word one another is used fifty times in the bible and it sheds a lot of light on how we are to treat one another like what you want in a relationship and what you don't want in those how we like what you're looking for and so part of my list i came together with what we want to look for in friends from that one another in fact if you have any interest in um, having the notes from this, including the one another verses, if you write on your connection cards after the service today, those orange cards notes, then we'll email you the teaching notes today along with the list of this. but it's very it really helps to see the vision of um, one another. it's kind of cool. but here's a, here's a few in Colossians three and verse sixteen it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell and I just think about this. think about I want you to picture. What it is to let the word of Christ dwell, to live in you, what? Richly. Just do you get a mental picture of what that is, like living inside of you in a way that's rich and enriching in our lives. I'm telling you, when God's word really lives inside of you in that way, it makes life rich. In all wisdom, this is how. How do you let God's word dwell in you richly? In all <clears throat> wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another, there we go, one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Sounds like church, doesn't it? Kind of, I think, sort of does. So there's some things that we want. We want relationships where we can be taught and where we can also get admonishing. You don't hear the word admonished used a whole lot these days but we want you want to get taught by people that have been walking it if you want to be someplace you want relationships that can help show you what that looks like people that you're going wow you have fruit in your life your life is free and healed if you want i mean i just think about this we do a lot of relationship stuff here at church you know part of it is if you want an awesome marriage or awesome relationships you want to be with people that know, that have walked through that, that maybe have had crappy relationships and know how to turn it around and know how to have healing and know how to have freedom. We have some people that have amazing marriages in this church that love to help and coach others in that because they know what it's like to have been hurting and to not know how to have good relationships. You want to be around people that can say, that you can go, how do I do that? You want to be with people that have faith. If you don't got a whole lot of faith, you want to be with people that can feed your faith. That's another part. Like, think about what do you want more of in your life? What do you want it to look like? You want people that can help you with that. Teaching and admonishing. So it says in um, admonish, uh, I just want to read the definition because it's kind of cool. You know, since you guys used admonish this last week, anybody use that word? No. No. Okay, so might be helpful. Read the definition, right? Admonish, it says to caution, advise, or counsel against something. You want people that that don't just let you walk off a cliff. You know, you want people that aren't so chicken or timid, that they're like, don't want to say anything, you don't want, if you've got friends in your life that are just all about people pleasing, they're not going to give you reality or truth when you need to hear it. If people are so afraid of losing you and losing their relationship with you, they can't be the best friends. These are not people, you know, to have at your core that just go along with things. I mean, I used to, you know, I I had some pretty crazy background. I mean, there were years ago, my life was really out of control when you know, I was married uh, to my first husband. Uh, I had friends that were encouraging me to go sleep with other people, to find a new husband. This is not good friendships. I, knew, I mean, they, they thought they were being caring because they were just like rooting me on in my destructive... This is not something that helped me to know how to heal, to have better relationships that I got friends. I had one of my friends love her to bits, but she's like, we're in Europe. It doesn't count here if you have sex with someone else. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) you got friends like that, they're not going to help you to be the person you want to be. You've had friends like that? Come on, you're all looking all shocked. You've had friends that say things like that to you, I'm sure. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You're all going, ooh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do you see what I'm saying? You want people that would actually tell you if you're doing something crazy in love. Let, I want to read the rest of admonish in this thing. Number two, to reprove or scold, especially in a mild and good-willed manner. So it's somebody telling you, this is dumb, but in a really loving way. I love you, but no. Not a good plan for your life. Okay, number three. To urge to a duty, which is interesting, to remind, to admonish them about their obligations. You know, sometimes it's just sort of like you want friends that, if you haven't prayed for a week, that go, that can tell, that are going, when somebody starts getting really self reliant, I can tell they haven't been praying. Like, yeah, when somebody starts getting hard hearted and everything, I'm like, have you had some time in prayer lately? No. You know, friends that would go, just spend some time. Just have some time on your knees. It'll soften your heart. You'll be blessed. You want want people that just care enough to fight for things that are going to help you in your walk and in your journey. In 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 6, it says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction and with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Acacia who believe. So this is kind of what I was talking about before. A lot of how you learn, if you're following the Lord, part of how you learn how to do that is follow other people that are doing that to see what that looks like. What does that look like? In Proverbs 27 and verse 17 it says, I love this verse. This is like a good one to memorize. You guys, you know, if you're not, it's, it's an awesome thing to memorize scripture. It helps God's word to live inside of you. You know, it's just like uh, this one I've always loved. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so it's just a really, vid- I mean, we don't think about this, but you know how you sharpen the blade of a knife? You know, you've got like if if you've got what's the long thing and you the um and you run the knife against it and what it does is you got a piece of metal sharpening another piece of metal and what it is 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 that it sharpens you, like because knives you ever get like dull knives they they don't do anything right they're completely ineffective if you've had knives and you can't even cut a tomato and it just squirts all over the place you know it's just <laughs> you know what I'm saying like. You know, you want your knives to be sharp and do what they're supposed to do. We are all called in our gifts and our abilities. We want people to help sharpen us to be the best at what we're called to do, of how God's made us, of what our purpose. Think about your life's purpose and calling. Do you have friends that are helping you to be the best at fulfilling your gifts and your ministry and your calling? It's important, isn't it, to feel purposeful? to feel like you're, every person here, your, your life counts. It matters. It has meaning. You want people that help bring you into that purpose. And so what it is is the way that sharpening works is you've got a hard piece of metal sharpening another hard piece of metal, but there's stuff that comes off in the process, and there's a little friction. You know? We want relationships that are like iron sharpening iron. Okay. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Here's another one, another one. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as as is the manner of some, but exhorting, there we go, one another again, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So I want to kind of talk this up. So good friendships, we they want we want people that can stir up good works in us, and that stir up means to provoke, um, or to spur. It says, uh, good works, and the good works is, ex- it means excellent, noble, p- morally good, anything you undertake to do. So you want people to help again provoke you to doing things that whatever you do. That it's. That it's excellent and wonderful. I'm not saying just, you know, somebody that's all about perfectionism. It's just sort of like living, living life bigger and fuller. And then it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which is basically church, because that assembling together is it's actually means for religious purposes. You need, part of this is church is a really important thing. Do you notice it makes a difference when you come to church or not in your week? Isn't that crazy? It's spiritual. It's just like, you sit there and it's just sort of like, sometimes it takes, doesn't it feel like it takes forever just to get here? Not forever, but just like, oh, gotta give up, or you know, whatever, if you're, you know, some of our people go out on Saturday night and it's church on Sunday morning. So, um, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is, but you get here and you're like, oh, I feel refreshed because you, you have fellowship and you get God's word, you know. So you want people that even do things like encourage you, you know, to do things like that as far as fellowship goes. But then it also says exhorting. I want to look at the um, exhorting to that th- we want to exhort one another, and the word exhort. I'll read you. It says to urge or advise or caution earnestly, admonish. Uh, I, I w- this was hurting my ear. Um, Admonish urgently to give advice, recommendations, or warnings. Uh, Synonyms uh, are like to spur or depress somebody. You know, so it's kind of similar in a lot of ways to the word admonish. So I made up a list of things you want to look for in a friendship. Again, these aren't all the people in your life. We definitely want, we can love unsafe people. We want to help them to heal so that they can take care of their own heart and pass on healing. I was the most unsafe, untrustworthy, lioness person, you know, like, you know, ever. But somebody loved me, God loved me, and that's how we get healed, somebody loving you in that mess. and uh, So we want to do that. We want to be reaching to other people that might be, down and out. And we want to be reaching up in our friendships to people that can help feed us and put things into us. So I made a list of things that you want to look for in a friendship. And if you write on the connection card notes, we'll send you this list as well. So you don't have to read them all or or write them all. Um, It says, you want friends who help you to get closer to God. And I want you to think about this. Actually, as we're reading this list, think about the people closest in your life, your core relationships. And are, is this something that they're helping you with? Are your friends helping you to get closer with God? Is that something that, are they helping you to build your faith? Are they Debbie Downers? And go, oh, you can't do that. You know, I'm telling you, this is like not a blessing. You want people that can go, no, God's big enough to heal your hands and your feet. You want that. God is a God of healing. Not like, well, maybe God gave you that for a reason. You want people to help you build faith. You want people to give you comfort when you're hurting. Not people that, you know, you're crying and you're just like, oh, don't cry. That's not very comforting. Give you encouragement when you need it. Give you compassion. That forgive you. That exhort you. We just read about that. Admonish you. We just read that scripture. That give you grace that aren't judging you but give you grace, that let you make mistakes and understand that that they got grace and need grace so they need to pass it on, people that pray for you, that they help you grow. How many of your deepest friendships are helping you to grow, help you grieve? The Bible says to weep with those that weep, help you heal, inside and outside healing, Help you see your value and worth. We talked about that. Who inspire and motivate you. Who allow you to give. You need that. I mean, this thing of, oh, no, don't give me anything. We all need to give. Giving is a biblical thing. Every person's got to be able to give. Who give you feedback and keep you in reality. Who spur you on to love and good works. Who help put things inside of you that you don't have? That's another part of, um, of friendship that's really great. What don't you have right now that you could use? You know, think about that as far as how people can help. Help you with discipline, help you with structure, and help you become more like Christ. So, those are some things that you can be thinking about as far as friendships. If you don't have friends like this, then join a fellowship. There's some people that could be that for you. <laughs> I'm just saying, seekers, or sign for seekers, meet some people, connect that way in our groups. I'm going to close with prayer, and then I've got some other things that I want to share with you about next week. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and goodness that you made us to be a body of Christ, that we can have fellowship, full sharing with one another. Help us to seek people out that can help us to grow and be all that you intended us to be, that help us in seeing you bigger, God. Help us to grow in faith. Help us to be closer to you. And I pray for these things and for everyone here in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.